and welcome back to They Made Another One. Reach me, we discuss an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and with me, I've got Liam. You do. Hello. And I've got Mitch. Rutrow! And you know what that means. That's the classic Mitch Rutrow signal. We can only be talking about one thing cat people. Cat people. That's absolutely correct. We're talking about cat people again. And um, fortunately, Corey loved Scoob so much as well that this is just a, a perfect recipe for the both of us. That's combine true. So, the two. Let's yeah, go. We, so we found out what happened when you combine cat people and Scoob. I mean, as, ostensibly, it should be me and Corey's favorite movie Film collectively That's ever right. made. Yeah. So we're talking about Scooby-Doo Return to Zombie Island. I have a very important distinction to make. Dear listener, we are not watching Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. <laughs> yeah, that one's more uh, Scooby-Doo meets Gone with the Wind meets uh, Cat People. Yeah, and it's it's different, and it's also uh, what I watched first by accident, having been fully convinced that that's what we were watching, so I just have spent a lot of time with uh, the mystery gang. Is that what they are? They say gang a lot, so I assumed they might be the mystery gang. The mystery Scooby Inc. Gang. gang. The Scooby yeah, mystery, gang. mystery Inc., yeah. Yeah, the That's Mystery the... Inc. gang. Okay, so Scooby-Doo, Return to Zombie Island. We've talked about the one that I watched by accident already. Covered bit. ground. Well, you know, we haven't covered it in a full episode. That would have made your botch even more ridiculous <laughs> and hilarious. You never know. We may just will if I uh, steer the conversation into the rocks. But uh, when Corey and I covered Scoob from 2020... Um, we we did talk about Zombie Island because that was my big point of reference for Scooby-Doo. And uh, I think Corey had seen it when he was a kid, too. So we talked about that in, you know, the first 10, 20 minutes of our Scoob episode. So you can check that out there. But somebody, special someone, wasn't with us for that episode. So without further ado, Mitch, Scooby-Doo, the, th- the, the concept. Thumbs up, thumbs down. What do we got? Oh, definite thumbs up. Two furry paws, thumbs up. Full buffet. I love it. Scooby-Doo smorgasbord. Like a a big part of my childhood. The original Zombie Island episode traumatized the hell out of me when I was a kid. It's it's scary. It's a scary one. And it's one of my like earlier sort of memories of like going to a video store and like picking something up. I remember I was like at like a doctor's appointment, like a checkup or something when I was a kid. And afterwards we went and picked up that movie. And uh, yeah, that one scared the hell out of me with all like the voodoo dolls and uh the cat people and the fact that there is like something genuinely paranormal the confederate zombies it scared me it scared me when i was a kid it also has some bangers and you know that film has kind of stayed in my life for a long time i was in uh, a theatrical production of the mousetrap and during the during the curtain call we played the scooby-doo theme song and then it switched to zombie island because it was just like an inside joke that we all had so we self-indulgently uh did it so we switched to like you know the terror time again because that song slaps all the songs in the original zombie island slap um but yeah terror time again there you go but um so a a big scooby-doo big part of my childhood and uh yeah a lot of nostalgia is going to come out i think when we talk about this but yeah can i make a quick comment about the music Go ahead. The songs that you just were just talking about. So I watched Zombie Island by accident, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for if you it wasn't meddling, meddling in sequels. And um, so uh, Liam's former roommate, my current roommate, Sean, I was telling him about what happened and he started singing that song at me and I gave him a completely blank look and I was like, what are you talking about? What is this? And he went, oh, it's the song. And I was like, from what? <laughs> he was like, from that thing you just watched. Are, like, you- what are you? What are you talking about? Like, like the next day, I had completely forgotten that are song you, existed. Are you sure you didn't watch like some like copyright free <laughs> version where they took the song out? No, I just it left no impression on me. Well, it's, it's memorable, man. It shreds. I can't believe this. Oh my gosh! Earlier in our podcast group chat, Corey was giving Mitch a bit of a uh, a bit of friendly flack for When's it, when watching is he watching Return to Zombie Island while working and possibly not absorbing it. But I need to know what the hell you were doing when you watched the Nothing. original I Zombie was, Island. I was How? in bed watching it on my laptop. That is one of the top ten catchiest melodies of all time. Couldn't you just sang it and I could not repeat the melody to you? They got you run through the Yeah. Through the what? Through the through the bayou. (laughs) (laughs) So well I guess at this point, Corey, okay, you gotta refresh all of us on if you had any memories with that original zombie island then because i don't think uh, i did uh i'll tell wow. you right now i wow. watched it and it was uh it was all it was all new to me it's you like don't i like, haven't seen it before you don't like i'm the, sure i had seen it i'm sure of it you don't like the sexy southern cat people i could take it or leave it okay so Corey, you gotta <laughs> because you watched that uh, did you take notes while watching it um uh very few but but in your head you were like I'm podcasting about this so I imagine you were like thinking about some stuff you were gonna say right? Um, yeah. But the catch is my overall conclusion was like, oh, I'm not gonna have a lot to say. Um, I felt bad too because I also talked to one of my other roommates, uh, Keiki, about it, and my overwhelming take was that I was mostly extremely bored. Um. This isn't looking good, Mitch. And it just didn't mm. do anything for me. And my notes are, you know, oh my god, I took a note about the song and I still forgot it. What, what, what did the notes say? Song about fake ghosts. That's the note. That's <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I gotta gotta write down this that there's a song about fake ghosts is in this so I don't about, forget. Is that song I, about is fake it, ghosts? Is that even about the right song? No, no, it's not. It's not. That song is not because I still think the <laughs> ghosts are real in that one, man. Um, and then my next note just says these accents are absolutely twisted. I declare. Well, Why don't you come on in and get yourself some crawfish, Scooby and Shaggy? Seriously, though, I I love that Zombie Island. I mean, I'll reiterate. I I rewatched it. Um, I mean, I rewatched it so much as a kid. It was one of my most watched VHS tapes. So that Terror Time Again song was probably stuck in my head for 15 years straight. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I, I watched it most recently, about two years ago, with the roommate that you just mentioned, uh, 
Sean, who, you know, loves the Terror Time Again song. He is also Can't the man that, that, that held on to the this boat don't turn on no dime quote. When I brought up Zombie Island to him, that's what he dropped on me. Just like the most obscure line from Zombie Island. He knew it perfectly. And then we watched the movie together and it turned out his impression was spot on. So uh, and, and when I watched Zombie Island again, you know, two years ago, I was really blown away at the horror storytelling and the way that it flips the Scooby-Doo formula on its head. The whole uh, southern, I, the I, southern gothic stuff. I love, yeah, I love the southern gothic. I think the characters are all really memorable. You know, the villains, their design, and their their subtly threatening nature before it's revealed that they're cats and then that design is so unsettling i could see how that got under your skin when you were a when you were a kid mitch and the red herring of like the muscular caretaker i mean it's just classic and, and the i voodoo I, dolls I, the voodoo dolls scary. voodoo dolls super yeah. scary i love that it takes the scooby gang and puts them it feels like in modern day where it's like uh daphne has her little tv show and um they're they haven't all seen each other in a while but then they get together to go to this island to check it out uh it's just you know it it feels like a big spectacle i i, I love that movie it's got a 10 out of 10 for me on letterboxd a nice five out of five so i've got two big zombie island heads here and then there's me who couldn't remember it the next day <laughs> so this this uh. should be interesting Oh, and oh, let me just say quick because this just popped into my head. Mitch, yeah, the scene yeah. that really unsettled me as a kid because it's it is a super scary, memorable feature is when they're Scooby and Shaggy are running and they drop into that pit and mm-hmm. they try to climb out and the hand comes out of the dirt at them. Yeah, and it turns out that there's bodies in the pit. Oh man, yeah, it's, I love. It's, like I remember watching it with like some friends of mine. My parents were like there too and they were like yeah this is like way too scary i think they may have actually turned it off i don't know um but yeah no it scared it scared me a lot when i was a kid but it's a good one how do you feel about the other scooby-doo you know films or you like the live action ones uh i can take or leave the live action ones honestly i'm not wrong answer (laughs) i'm with mitch there yeah i'm not i'm not crazy about them they don't really do it for me but like the sort of like the ones from when we were a kid were really were really fun. I remember the one where they like the hex girls when they appear. Oh, shout out to them. the fucking hex girls. Or the right. witch's ghost. Oh, dude, that was my first. Yeah. Well, my there's first the one. Love. There's the one where they go to that was our Australia. introduction to goths. There's the one where they're going to Australia, and that's <laughs> a that's a really good one too, where they they take down the Yowie Yahoo or whatever his name is, and then uh, Cyber Chase. Yeah, Cyber Chase. Timeless. Oh uh, man, I remember Scooby-Doo when that premiered. Thing. On TV, Scooby Doo for gamers. The one where he goes to Mexico, or Scooby Doo in Jungle Jeopardy with the Riki Tiki, that classic. Man, um, are you rattling all this off from the top of your head? Yeah, oh yeah, I don't have any notes. That's fucking incredible! Wow, yeah. Arabian Nights is another great one. I don't know, I don't know that one. Is I don't that, think I saw. Is that, that where they oh, do like man. a French Foreign Legion film, but like it's Scooby Doo and they have those <laughs> dumb hats and it's like Joseph? Yeah, what the the are we gonna do today? They have the hats. They're like yeah. riding on a magic carpet. Yeah, um, 
I, I have a distinct memory, and I'm sorry, I might be an old man repeating myself on this podcast now since we did the Scoob episode. We almost have 100 episodes. No one would ever know. <laughs> but uh, I have a distinct memory of being in first year freshman film class university, which I shared with both of you guys. And we had a, a, a discussion group together. And um, while we were in this discussion group talking about, you know, some movie of the wake, like Vive Sevi or something, I, I was taking notes in the class and... Uh, I, I wrote down to myself that I would much rather be watching Scooby-Doo Arabian Nights and Corey, who I didn't even know at the time, we never talked, he, he just happened to be sitting next to me and you caught a glimpse of it on my page, Corey, and you started laughing in the middle of the class and you said, you told me like, that is, that is a great reference or something like that. That sounds like some shit I would do. Yeah. That's some shit I do on this podcast. So that tracks a hundred percent. Just look at what other are- people's screens. Oh, yeah, well, that one. That one. I'm honestly, I'm more nostalgic for than Zombie Island because I've seen it less. You know, I probably watched it three or four times as a kid. I had the VHS tape, but I liked it less than Zombie Island. So I haven't seen it or thought about it as much. So whenever I think about Arabian Nights, I just remember these quick glimpses, and I'm like, oh, like you're more nostalgic for it because you have like less of a memory of it. That's interesting. Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, like Zombie Island, because I've been singing the song, it comes up a lot. Like most people our age, that's the one they talk about. I saw Zombie Island a couple years ago, so I've I've carried it through my life, whereas Arabian Nights has mostly stayed in the past. So I've got to check that one out again someday. Maybe it'll hit the genero. You know what? I'll I'll put it on five more slots. (laughs) Now that I know you're into it, let's go. Let's do it. Okay, so what we're talking about, though, is return to Zombie Island. Uh, Scooby-Doo could not escape the endless churn, and uh, you can find Lego Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo, and the WWE. Fruit snacks? Delicious. Fruit snacks. Mm. What's your fave? I don't know. But uh, (laughs) our banner, we kind of look like Scooby-Doo fruit snacks. Yeah, Jade was saying that we sort of look like we got fruit snacked. Um... I gotta <laughs> we say, got fruit snacked. I gotta say, if we're basing it off of our banner, I got probably. I don't know. I don't know about grape typically, but like artificial, not even grape, I can get down with. So I feel like purple was a pretty good gummy oh, to get. Yeah, you look delicious in that. Thank you. Orange is good. A nice orange Velma. Yeah. I like that one. <laughs> I'm red. I don't know who's who's red of the Scooby. Oh, that you got is Daffy, my man. Oh, a nice no. del- orange Velma is sounds like something a psychotic person would say. <laughs> that's I think that's a line from this movie. <laughs> the villains under that. Um, so to get through this movie, I'm gonna get some stuff out of the way here. I'm gonna say it right now. I'm gonna talk about Mortal Kombat, but I'm gonna try to not talk that much about Mortal Kombat. I think that's fair. That's, so, that sounds like a f- f- good compromise. I, I I don't like Zombie Island, so I let you guys talk about that. Now I get to talk about Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this movie is two directors. Cecilia Aranovich Hamilton, who has worked on things like the Harley Quinn TV show and Teen Titans Go to the Movies and uh, some other DC like animated stuff. And Ethan Spaulding, who most recently directed... Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge. Shout out to that. Um, and also Mike Tyson Mysteries, which is a show that I have not, I've only seen like parts of, but like, what a weird fucking show that is. <laughs> it's it's funny. Fuck? It is weird. Yeah. Definitely weird. 
Um, it's written by Jeremy Adams, who wrote Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion's Revenge. Uh, Damn, it's shaping up that you're going to like this more than the original. This is looking good for Corey. It's All edited by Robert up. Ehrenreich, who did uh, Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion's Revenge. Um, All right, now you're making this up. I'm not. And also <laughs> uh, some DC superhero girls like Cecilia. Uh, something called The Objective, and Mortal Kombat X Generations, which was the third season of Mortal Kombat Legacy that never got released. Um, so lots of Mortal Kombat in the mix. There's more Mortal Kombat coming up, but first, music is by Robert J. Crawl, who did the first Haunting in Connecticut movie, um, mm. Superman Doomsday, Justice League Dark, and a fucking incredible amount of Scooby-Doo stuff. Um, so lots of MK up front, which I'm always here for. I like Mortal Kombat Legend Scorpion's Revenge. It's it's a pretty good time. It's cool if you want to watch uh, Daffy Duck get suffocated by a demon ninja. Good Literally, go. Daffy Duck is in it? Uh, Daffy Duck is in the intro because it's Warner Brothers animation. Yeah. Oh, it, it's an animated show. This Yeah, it's an animated oh, movie. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Daffy Duck is my favorite Looney Tunes. Just as an, as an, as an I, I regret to inform you he got murdered by Scorpion. Yeah, that's a well, good pick. That's yeah, a good he probably pick, deserved Mitch. it. He's really opportunistic, <laughs> but I relate to him, you know, on that level. I am also opportunistic. <laughs> I'm and materialistic. Um, so the cast. Like, yes. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> that's really good. That was all right. It's good. Um, the so, Scarlet Pumpernickel. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Frank Welker is the voice of Fred and Scooby Doo. He's been in the game a long time. Greg Griffin is the voice of Daphne, who started doing the Daphne voice in Cyber Chase. Um, and it's also Vicky from Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Another one of my kid loves. That tracks. That that tracks 100%. Yeah. Um, Matthew Lillard is Shaggy. We love Matthew Lillard here. We're big Matthew Lillard head. Mitch, what are your thoughts about Matthew Lillard? The people need to know. Don't know him. There are a wrong answer. That was it, actually. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> he he plays Shaggy in the live action ones oh, as well. Okay, Mitch. okay, okay. Honestly, yeah. Then I do know him, but he's also in uh, Twin Peaks season three. If you've seen that. Oh damn. Okay, I do know him. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, now it around. sounds like you like him just because he did fucking David Lynch shit. You fucking <laughs> pretentious man. I didn't say anything. You're you're making things <laughs> up. You're making things up. Not the way Corey edits it. You're gonna have said something. <laughs> Your yeah, voice is going to say, I like him because David Lynch. I like him. <laughs> David Lynch. <laughs> uh, Kate Mikushi uh, is the voice of Velma. She's from Garfunkel and Oates, the comedy duo, if you know who that is. Um, and she took over the voice for Velma in 2015 with Be Cool Scooby-Doo. Um, Janelle Cox is the voice of Sister Withers. Um, David Herman is Jack and also the Sheriff. John Michael Higgins is Alan Smithy. Um, and he's in all kinds of shit. Uh, Dave B. Mitchell is the driver and the ferry captain. He is Gearus and Sector from Mortal Kombat 11. He's got a great last name. And also uh, Knuckles from a bunch of Sonic the Hedgehog shit. <laughs> um, coming up in the cast, we have Travis Willingham as Seaver. He has also played Knuckles. And um, he's probably best known for Critical Role now, but he's in the mix. Uh we have Cassandra Peterson doing the voice of Elvira. You may know her better as literally Elvira. And um, Roger Rose is, quote, lead cat person and narrator. Um, he's also in Friday the 13th, part six. 
Hmm, that is my favorite Friday the 13th movie. For real? That's actually your favorite? It is, yeah. Interesting. You seen that one, Mitch? I'm pretty sure I have, but they kind of blend together. Yeah, yeah. I'll give a quick rundown. So uh, the gang is returning to Zombie Island um, because Shaggy won a vacation sweepstakes from Elvira and they told the police they would stop solving mysteries and they got bored. <laughs> Just as an aside, Elvira sounds like a really bad antivirus software, but keep going. <laughs> stop. <laughs> I can't believe you're disrespecting Elvira already. That's criminal. <laughs> I will say, I don't know why there's an Elvira cameo in this movie, because I don't know who it's for. Like, if a kid is watching me. this, they have no fucking idea who Elvira is. It's for me. I, but I think, I think they'd still take to her, though. Like, this could be oh, your introduction yeah, to yeah, Elvira, yeah. and don't you'd be like, I like her. She's great. I'm not... Yes, you're right. I just find it bizarre, because I don't know if there's enough Elvira in it to, for, for somebody to go, more of that, please. I just... It was a strange inclusion. I'm all for it. You I know? thought it was the perfect amount of Elvira. Well, there. Okay. Agreed Although to... she's she's different here. Like she sounds different, but it's literally Elvira. <laughs> but she sounds different, man. Age. I, <laughs> I don't know. There we go. People, people age. Voices kind of <laughs> sound different in the cartoon world, I guess. She was doing her cartoon Elvira voice. Um. So the gang get like a tropical vacation from Elvira because they said they would not commit any more murder solving. Um, keyword but, solving, murder solving, <laughs> mystery solving. Right. It sounded like murder on my end. Maybe not. Anyway. Oh man, uh, I'm already dissociating. Well, uh, and they end up. So it turns out. Uh, what if I told you that the quote unquote tropical island that they go to, Moon Star Island, is actually the like New <laughs> New Orleans, Louisiana Bayou, Moon Scar Island. Oh. Man, I would say that sounds like a movie we need to talk about on the podcast. That sounds And what if I told you they were trying to make a found footage horror movie because the studios love franchises? I would say that sounds like an amazing movie. Very self-reflexive. Take my money. It's so subversive. And uh, what if I told you uh, there were cat people and like ghosts and pirates and all kinds of shit? I would say there's no way. There's no way. One movie could have all these things. Well, the original the had it all. Dog. The original had it all. This movie. The original didn't have filmmaking prowess like uh, our man Alan Smithy uh, has. You, you take that back. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I meant like in the plot. Daphne's behind the camera and she's, uh, she's, you get what I mean. She's, hey, are, are you like talking shit about my girl Daphne? We're the same color no. of Scooby Doo Fruit Snack. You back right off. <laughs> I was really, okay, sure. Stand down. You have to be less all about this animated woman. <laughs> anyway, I want to throw it over to you guys. You guys sound like the true zombie island day ones. I want to give you guys a window to be like, okay, so we're returning to zombie island. That's always a delicate proposition, you know? Nostalgia is a dangerous thing. What if they don't do it as good? You're not a kid anymore. All the big questions of our podcast are here to be answered. And so I leave it to you both to really take charge here. What did you think about Return to Zombie Island? Whoever wants to go first, take it away. 
I'll go right ahead, Corey. Um, I remember when this movie either, you know, was announced or came out. I've, I've been aware because it, it was so recently, right? 2019. So when I heard yeah. that Scooby-Doo was returning to Zombie Island, uh, you know, my thought was, uh, why, I guess? Like, it just seemed, you know, I guess enough time has passed that um, there's, there's a considerable community in the cartoon world of people who are you know mid-20s to 30 years old to early 20s you know just like these millennials who followed that generation of scooby-doo and now they're older and but they're still in really into cartoons you know maybe they Um, have kids yeah that as well too yeah definitely kids um so there's still like a big cartoon community out there of people that are our age and older that I think would be after the zombie island stuff. So I think initially my thought was an eye roll, but I think that was too cynical of me. I think it's it's actually a pretty cool proposition, especially considering the amount of time has passed. The fact that Scooby-Doo is still an ongoing sort of always changing franchise. There's always like a Scooby-Doo TV show on the go. Direct video stuff is coming out. There's direct video live action stuff there's all these crossovers and so if they're gonna still be making scooby-doo i think this is not a bad way to go um so i've been interested in checking this out since it came out um and i think this podcast is a really good way to get to it i think that it applies to what we do on the show really well so i've been excited for this um just out of curiosity more than anything you know i I wasn't expecting much because it's been so long, I don't really know where Scooby-Doo is at nowadays. We did talk about Scoob, but that's like a totally different ball. That's game. a new thing. Yeah, yeah. And so um, now that I'm, we're checking out where Scooby-Doo is at in their direct-to-video cartoon uh, arena with Matthew Lillard still as the voice, you know, he's kind of the guy. Um, it's, it's, it's sort of a different side of the coin, and I was excited to check that out, but I didn't know what I was in for. And I was really pleasantly surprised by this movie, guys. I thought that um, while it didn't have the, the horror trappings of that original that made it so memorable for me as a kid, you know, so that's to say if I had seen this movie as a kid instead of the the first Zombie Island, I don't think it would have stuck with me in the same way because I was a horror kid and I don't think this movie uh, leans very far into the horror stuff. And also, you know, I got to say the music in that first one, Terror Time Again, Third Eye Blind doing the Scooby-Doo theme, like that stuff goes a long way to making that stick in the memory. So while I don't think this is serving the same purpose that the first one did, uh, I think it doesn't need to because it's it's a sequel and it's it's doing something a bit different. And I I really like what it does. I like the references to the first movie. I I wasn't expecting that at all. So I think I think those things are in there in order to. Uh, um, give a wink to the people watching this who who are watching it because of that first one but then i also think there's a lot here that will just make a kid who picked up this movie and hasn't seen that first one but is just watching it for scooby-doo i think there's a lot of really good jokes in here that uh will make a kid laugh i think the mystery is intriguing i think the story writing is like simple enough but also clever enough with the scooby gang um the setup of them 
pledging to not solve any mysteries, but then they're coming across stuff that's so mysterious and they got to try to not let themselves investigate it. I think that's just like a really captivating, cute premise. And then when uh, it starts to get meta and there's like comments about the film industry and franchises, you know, it's just like little breadcrumbs here and there. It doesn't it doesn't go overboard with it i think and it's just that really surprised me and so um there's a lot here that really tickled my fancy i think i think there it's a really fun hour and a half and i think uh it has a lot of cute little interesting lines the 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 found footage aspect and the mystery solving aspect that's sort of self-reflexive made it stand out so that it's not just a forgettable cartoon movie for me you know if i ever go back to it it'll definitely be a while but uh in terms of just sitting down for an hour and a half and seeing a return to zombie island i think this sort of did everything the name promised it would it's it's zombie island but it's uh, a bit of a new take on it and i was into it yeah um i think i have sort of a similar uh conclusion in a lot of ways i do think that it is a it's weaker than the original it doesn't have the original one's really kind of like a smorgasbord it's got it's got everything it's got sort of like all this sort of intrigue and uh pirates and war gold and zombies and cat people and sort of like mild body horror and great music all those things that you that you mentioned but i felt that this one was kind of uh I don't know, Scooby-Doo for Gen Z, kind of like... Uh, We're deli- Gen Z. You can't say that dismissively. <laughs> yeah. but if you're, I, if, you're, if you're 96, some will say that you are millennials. Okay, well, you're... You know, blah, you know Scooby-Doo for the youngins is... Uh, is <laughs> this is just Scooby-Doo, but for babies. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that it was kind of uh, watered down. Uh, diet Scooby-Doo. By no means is Scooby-Doo on a diet in this movie. But uh, you know, Jesus diet, Christ. diet, Scooby Doo. It didn't, it didn't, uh, it didn't hold up nearly as well. Maybe I'm just old, but um, I did have fun kind of revisiting Zombie Island and seeing all these sort of things, and I got a bit nostalgic. And like, it's not a bad movie. It's just like not really something I would ever seek out if I weren't on this show. But not welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna have a lot of those. Not uh, <laughs> not uh, not a bad movie by any means, but you know, it's all right. And I thought uh, there, I thought there was a lot of things. Like I found myself enjoying like the meta the meta comments, and the, there are like little like Liam said breadcrumbs sprinkled in there for the adults that may have seen it before. And uh, you know, I thought the the addition of like the stunt double Fred was really fun. And uh, oh, yeah. the the way that they kind of played with the iconography of the franchise, like with the the mystery machine, and like this is just the van, and sort of like just like stuff like that, I I kind of found myself laughing, and you, it it almost like echoes the first film in the opening, like when they see like the catfish like shimmering under the water in the boat, and it goes through like all the stuff, and you're like, oh shit, like they're going to Zombie Island, like I recognize this swamp and this steamship every anywhere, so it's uh it was fun uh i enjoyed myself enough but you know i'm i don't really have that much to say about it i thought the chase sequence was delightful where they're uh like the the one sort of final one where they're uh they're kind of like being chased by the cat people and uh scooby and shaggy are hiding in the vase is like classic and they're going back and forth and then the 
thing just gets fed up. Like I was, I was like smiling and laughing during that. It's, it's fun. I didn't think that the musical sequences in this one really hit the same note as the first one, but totally with you on yeah. that, Mitch. Uh, if, if anything is diet Scooby-Doo about this, or at, at least just because I'm such a zombie Island head and that's mostly what I'm referring to. If anything is diet zombie Island in this movie, um, yeah. I'd say it's the music more than even the horror stuff because the music in that first one is like horror based, but it also has this sort of like, what does horror based mean? It means that the lyrics are talking about, okay. uh, ghosts and it sounds like the beach boys like during like the surf chase i don't know <laughs> yeah i thought the music just didn't fit at all here like there was a there was a montage um or a chase sequence i don't remember which but the lyrics are just about like finding your honey baby girl and it was yeah, yeah i thought that was really strange yeah it didn't it didn't really do it for me <laughs> like i i don't have much to say like there's enough tongue-in-cheek stuff going on to keep it interesting especially if you've seen the original and it's really pleasant sort of going through that old stuff and sort of like just at the classic Scooby-Doo humor where it's like they're eat, they're hiding in a cupboard and then, you know, their head accidentally like hits a button when they're eating some food out of like a bag. Like there's all that sort of stuff going on that like you have to grin when you see it if you love Scooby-Doo. But it, it feels different and it looks different. Like the art style in this, um, I wasn't too crazy about it. It's not like no. a, it's not a far cry from the original, but everybody kind the, of the characters look weird. Uh, the 3D and the 2D do not jive. No, at all. I don't. I I did get nostalgic when they used the original footage, like in the like in the flashback sequences. But yeah, yeah, and that was that was way more than I was expecting. I didn't think that this would refer to that original Zombie Island. I thought it would be m- much more of a remake. You know, just a similar premise that there are zombies on an island in this movie, mm-hmm. but. The fact that they they not only through flashbacks but also through dialogue directly reference that first yeah. one, I thought they're that not was just returning idea. to a zombie island; they're returning to the zombie island. That's <laughs> right, and that's sort of the mystery of so much of the movie, right? Um, is it the or is it? Yeah. Uh? I don't so, think we needed this closure though for the from like the original zombie island. Like, sure, it's sort of left open ended and ambiguous with like yeah. The tell that pro- to Velma. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Velma doesn't um, need that closure, but you know. I don't think it needs to. I don't think this movie needs to exist, but it does, and I don't think it's like that bad. But so, um, the the mystery gang needed a long vacation from uh, solving mysteries, and I think I need a long vacation from the mystery gang. Hmm. Fair. Uh, yeah. I uh, up front, I'm just gonna say I'm not the target audience for this, even a little bit, and I know that, and that's that's okay. Uh, holy shit! Just not a great time for me. Um, I I don't like hate it. Like, there's not a lot to get like passionately upset about or anything. Um, I was I I just found it kind of kind of annoying, kind of boring. Um, the degree to which they harp on the whole we're trying to not solve a mystery and the way that Shaggy just won't fucking let go. The whole don't try to solve a mystery was starting to get really aggravating the 68th time they did it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it just, it felt kind of repetitive in that way. Uh, I don't know. I don't it know. Just, I found some of it kind of just insufferable and annoying, but the rest of it I was just like kind of waiting for yeah, it to end. This will not be my zombie island. Like for me, there's only there's only one zombie island, and I think that this one will quickly 
I think it already has like faded away. I don't know if anybody will really yeah, remember my, this one. I don't know if a kid who's seeing this now is going to be all in on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a feeling that I sort of left with where I'm like, I don't know if this is like, this is it. Are yeah. kids into well, Scooby Doo still? Like, what's even the deal I with that? I don't well, know. they must be, is what I'm thinking. But yeah, uh... I mean, I guess you know, you're totally right because there's like a billion of them. But I'm like, because I'm looking at like this group dynamic, and I'm like, this is like so wholesome and like cheery to the point where it's annoying me. And I get again, I'm not the like the audience for this, um, but I don't know. I just, I just, it's. It wasn't there. I don't know. That's because you're me. a hard-hearted man that doesn't Just like Scooby-Doo. You're a hard-hearted man. Why'd they show that chandelier falling three times like it was Jackie Chan sliding down that Poland police story? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so nice they did it thrice. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. So how did this compare to the original for you, Corey, in terms of your takeaways? Um, better or worse? That bad, huh? Is it better or well, worse? Uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, and that's not me making a direct quality comparison between the two of them and saying they are the same. What it is saying is that I had a similar experience with both of them. Huh. I was mostly bored. Well, that might um, be the biggest compliment someone could give to return to Zombie I, Island. I find return. <laughs> It's, I want to say I refined return more annoying, but one of my notes about the first one is, is this too wholesome to be enjoyable? So it, it must have been getting to me then. Too wholesome to be enjoyable? I was just finding the group dynamic a bit tiresome because it's so cheery. Well, I mean, they're cheery and they're fighting ghouls. and I acknowledged that I'm not the target audience for this. I don't know what else you want me to say. I want you to. I want a green eggs and ham moment. I I think I'm starting to understand, Corey, why you're a fan of those live action ones, hey? Because it it feels like James Gunn, who who wrote that first uh, Scooby Doo live action movie, like was watching Zombie Island, and he was like, "Is this too wholesome to be enjoyable?" So then he wrote the live action Scooby Doo movie. That sounds like a very fucking vicious takedown of that movie, cast, disguised as saying something nice to me. Also, I can I can hardly understand why you would think that the first Scooby Doo, like the first Zombie Island, is 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 too wholesome. I think it kind of goes to some darker, darker places than the rest of the franchise. I don't know. Huh? Does anybody else have anything interesting to say about this one? Man, don't you hate it when you're trying to talk to girl and you say, "Did you watch the big game?" Girl never watched the big game. Girl no like sport. What are you on about? What? Fred asked them if they saw the big game when they're trying to talk in the van and they're trying to get to know each other because they only bond over mysteries. Oh, yeah, I like that bit. I like that they've never done small talk before because they're always solving mysteries. Like, that's that's the sort of thing that made me but like... But how are they friends, then? <laughs> like, because what the they, fuck? Because they have the common they're always solving mysteries of solving how, mysteries. But how are they so busy <laughs> solving mysteries that they don't have time to fucking talk about anything? Because they're ever... Mystery Inc., man. <laughs> have you ever seen Scooby-Doo? There's always a mystery to solve. <laughs> They've always got a mystery on their hands. It's That's the sort of thing that made me like Scooby, Scoob 2020, where just like little clever reflexive lines like that, you know, about how they haven't done small talk. I think that's I funny. don't know. 
I guess like the reflexivity of it, I just find kind of dull. I'm just like, oh wow, you're so, you're so smart for being subversive. Fucking woo, like hmm. it's just sort of, I don't know. It's not my bag. I guess it sounds like Friday the Thirteenth Part Six will not be your favorite in the franchise. Well, hang on. That's the first one where they drift into like self-reflexive meta territory, and I don't I love hate that. that inherently. I don't think I'm enjoying it here. I don't think I want to come to... And I guess I'm just not enjoying the Scooby-Doo take on that. So does that also extend to the self-reflexiveness that's not just about the Scooby-Doo formula, but also movie making and stuff? Like once the director reveals himself to be a director and he's talking about found footage and how you got to make a movie and franchises got to keep going and they can't afford cat people and stuff. Like what did you think of all that? I shrugged. I smiled. What about you, Mitch? Uh, uh, <laughs> is this the movie that has inspired the uh, least passion overall? Yeah. Uh, you guys will have to tell me. I feel pretty good about this one. I thought it was funnier than Ace Ventura. I wrote that down. I'm not saying like that is a quality marker, but I mean like in terms of passionate discussion, is this like the least... Well, I started off with some passion when I was talking about the original, but yeah, I, there's, there's I, nothing in it here for me, I, really. That I, I do care. feel like Mitch threatened to kill you because you find this <laughs> on the same terms as the original, so that's pretty, that's some passion. I didn't that can go in the, the TMAO passion cut. I, didn't make, I made no such threats. Oh, you just listen back to the episode, Mitch. You'll hear the threats. <laughs> Especially with I'll Mr. T- I'll tell you right now, about... Uh, just before we recorded, I watched three and a half minutes of a four and a half minute clip from Scooby-Doo WWE Curse of the Speed Demon in which Undertaker drives a monster truck and then beats up a guy that is revealed to be Triple H. And I wish we watched that movie. Well, I can put it on the list if you'd like. But <laughs> No, I don't think that's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> that one I'll just I'll get to. But on my free that time. three and a half minute clip was more enjoyable than this entire movie. Wow. So what? what is it about that one you like? It's just fucking... It's stupid. It's extremely stupid. Hearing The Undertaker thank Scooby-Doo is just insane. Yeah, that kind of sounds like it's like Fast and Furious 8 or whatever. Yeah, like it's so off far, the rails. But... Like like Shaggy is in like a, like a high school wrestling outfit, like a unitard nice. with like headgear and shit. And everyone else is dressed normally, except the wrestlers are on like their wrestling gear. And there was a demon sabotaging like a monster truck race, and like I'm Grave, more was the grave digger there? I don't know. Maybe I'm more interested in Scooby Doo elevating itself by completely jumping the shark and doing stupid shit, like letting John Cena catch boulders, rather than doing the wink and a nod thing. Mm. I guess. Yeah. So this is telling me that. Corey, if you ever get to the Friday the 13th franchise, six will not be your favorite. You're going to be more of like a Jason X sort of guy because you also didn't you didn't like the Friday the 13th 09 remake where like they take it back to seriousness. So you don't want the meta. You don't want the seriousness. You want it to like go all out. Jason takes Manhattan. I guess. But I don't want to I don't want that to come across as like I inherently dislike meta textual things because that's not true. I guess I just could take or leave this example and that other example. Yeah, you know, gotcha. I, I can also probably take or leave this one too. Like, I, I found myself pretty bored through most of it, but kind of excited me in places. But 
Yeah. Scooby-Doo returns to Zombie Island. I think... I, li- I liked it when he literally said, it's TV's Elvira. That's yeah. funny. That was I, I just I love that Elvira is like the catalyst to bring them to the island. That is just so I think that's just such a cool image. And she has some good lines too, like how she picks out Shaggy's name and it's she says that it says here you can bring all your friends and one pet. One pet? It really says that? Uh whatever. And uh and yeah. then it turns out of course that she's set up. Like I think I think the the whole first half of this movie in terms of storytelling is like really, really sharp. And where I think the movie falters and doesn't add up to what Zombie Island achieves, even though I really like a whole lot of the parts here, like that meta stuff and the the filmmaking talk, you know, those are two of my favorite uh, aspects of movies. If a movie is like about a movie or if a movie is a talking like uh about the movies that came before it in a meta way i love that stuff um but i think where this movie doesn't add up is that in the the last half and particularly the last act there are like so many stops and starts in the storytelling like there's so it feels like there's a, a number of climaxes that when the actual climax comes i felt like the movie ended very abruptly and um when the reveal comes maybe halfway through the movie if not earlier that the director has set everything up and that they're all actors you know that's something that i thought was going to come right at the end of the movie and so when it didn't i was more interested because i thought oh wow what are they going to do for the second half of this movie um but i think that it started to sort of run in circles by the end yeah the filmmaking uh, sequence is like what are we doing gang (laughs) like the oh this is a scene of making a scene and now we're just doing a different thing and it's sort of movie making but it's sort of progressing the movie forward like the movie that we're watching like it it couldn't decide what it was focusing on see i I thought that kind of worked like in as much as there's like some good gags and like what more could you kind of want from scooby-doo like during the chase scene you see the alan smith kind of like walking backwards holding a camera like during the during the chase or I don't know. I thought. I yeah. Thought, I thought like there was enough sort of going on there that it was interesting enough, and um, he does sort of like he's based off like cliches. Like he's very greedy, and he gets all the money in the end. And like his character is sort of funny enough in the sense that he's kind of like a pantomime of your of like your Hollywood uh, sort of slimy director get anything for the take. But I don't know. I thought that that kind of worked. I'm with you, Mitch, that I think the gags are strong throughout the entire movie, which is why, you know, I I like the whole thing on a whole um, after the reveal comes that this director is just trying to make a movie about them uh, to trick them. And now the Scooby gang is in on the joke and they're they're like trying to get Scooby to say that he's scared in front of the camera, but he can only say I'm hungry. I thought that was hilarious. I love that. Yeah, me too. And they have that. Oh my God, you fucking guys. The end credits. Yeah. Yeah. And and then they get him to say, I'm scared by telling him they're all out of food. Like that's just, that's funny stuff. Um, It's it's classic Scooby too. And I love how, 
how incessant the director is to like get a good shot. I just I I really like that trope. Uh, it's it reminded me, you know, of some of my some of my favorite movies. Um, like how <laughs> he he ran uh, ahead of them and then set the ferry on fire so that they couldn't escape <laughs> and they could film more on the island. And for most of the movie, I assumed that the captain of the ferry would also have been on the ferry and that he just sacrificed the captain. But it turns out the captain is still in on it as well but the captain uh, did not go down with his ship yeah uh but there's yeah there's good bits all throughout it um but zombie island is just so strong in telling like a singular story that uh the mystery builds the way you would expect it your your reveal happens and then that reveal turns into terror like in the last 10 minutes and it just really has the structure of a horror movie channeled through the Scooby-Doo cartoons. Like it's sort of, it feels like monster house in that way where it's like, mm-hmm. this is a kid's movie, but it is actually using horror tropes and horror storytelling to tell a singular like scary story. But we've got the, the kids, uh, the kids trappings in there as well. And so that's why I think zombie Island is so memorable and so strong. Whereas this movie I did like it, but it feels more like a, you know, a, a spin-off curiosity, cute little addendum that it's cool that it exists. I, I am glad it does, um, but it's it's no, you know, Sam Raimi Spider-Man two. It's not essential, but it feels more. It feels more like a uh, just a cute little hey, let's give this to the yeah. fans. It's been so long. Let's do another Scooby Doo thing with the, the It doesn't Island. need to be told though. Like the story doesn't need to exist. I would have been perfectly happy. Does to... any story need to exist? Damn. Wow, that's a uh, that's really. There's deep. one right answer, and it's the Bible, actually. <laughs> All other religious texts don't need to exist. Corey's on record saying it here. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> yeah, let's. Uh, that, uh, where are we going to go from here? To the general. I think that's the best conclusion. Sounds good to me, guys. Yeah, Liam. How many things we got on the uh, the old Genero? Three hundred and twenty-one. It's a big number. Okay, so big money, no skeletons, as per. Three, two, one, spin. Well, Liam, your number was wrong, but that doesn't mean your movie was wrong. Say mm-hmm. like so, everything to play for here, fellas. 185. Wow. Interesting. This is sort of notable in my life because I was just thinking about this movie today. Every movie on this podcast ends up being notable in your life. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. I love this podcast. It's Who does all the picking of, of these life. movies anyway? <laughs> all right. There's a lot of it. <laughs> uh, 184. Just missed it, everybody. Hmm. Was the Equalizer 2. Okay. Denzel Washington joint. Um, and right below it is a found footage horror movie of recent times called Hell House 2. That was 186. Okay. 185, guys. We've got a comedy classic. Another fucking comedy? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, a meta classic, uh, you might say. <laughs> And while it's not a Jim Carrey classic, oh God. it's it's oh sort no. of 
oh, in that fuck. in that echelon. I think we might have to be doing another fucking Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> is this dumb enough? Is, is Jim Carrey in this? No, no, it's not a Jim Carrey movie. Oh my but, god! But it's that type. <laughs> you guys want to take any guesses as to what that what that means? No, it's rip a, this bandaid off. It's a Jim Carrey esque conversation because it will be our introduction to Mike Myers. <sighs> is it an Austin Powers movie at least? No. Fuck. Would you have liked that, Corey? It would have, yeah, probably. Yeah, nice. Glad to know you're an Austin Powers fan. It is. I like the memes. Wayne's World 2. Hmm. Some people like that more than the first one. Maybe we will be one of those people. We might be. Why are we getting so many comedies? Yeah, that's funny because you uh, know I I haven't gone on like on a on a string of adding comedies to this i'd say all together we gotta have like less than five percent comedies but it's just sometimes it's the way the the genero generates you guys ready to fucking party on dude i'm ready man mitch hmm. mitch, mitch left before the outro he's already gone yeah uh, you know whatever Mitch is like, I might uh, cash in on this sometimes clause. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, the cross. It's my just mind. like money in the bank. Speaking of wrestling, like I did about thirty-five minutes ago. Cross my mind, but I, I don't know. I feel like I have an obligation. I have an obligation, even though I'm sometimes. There's an obligation. All right. Well, we'll see if I if I uh, show up. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, Sounds good. Everybody gets stoked for your boy, Michael Myers, but not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> it's the other one. Dang. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, I guess this isn't our introduction to Mike Myers on the podcast, is it? It's just, it's our introduction to the other Mike Myers. It's our introduction to the to the flesh and blood Mike. Not even. Can't even say that. That's true. Like, I was going to say the real human man, the flesh and blood man. But I mean, the other man's got a lot of flesh and blood. I think so. I guess it depends what timeline you're given into. If Ball he's a supernatural being, maybe blood. maybe he doesn't bleed as much. You guys like sixteen tons? <laughs> you know Is that a song? movie? That's oh, a song. No, I don't know. It. Was it was it in was it in Scooby Doo Zombie Island? <laughs> no, but he says muscle and blood, and I got muscle and blood, skin and bones that and bless my soul. I picked up a shovel and walked in the mine. Corey, you've got to you've got to take some of that out and put it after our plugs and fade it out as as the end of the that. So I was just thinking how good it would be if we had already done our plugs if that was just the end and it just slowly faded out on you guys singing your little song. I can do that. Uh, speaking of plugs, Mitch, what do you got? I owe my soul to the company store. That was beautiful. Liam, what about you? Choke it up. <laughs> uh, choke up. You guys can check out my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. 
You can catch me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price. You can listen to a podcast where I typically talk about Mortal Kombat with our friend Neil. It's MK PodQuest. We talked about Mortal Kombat Conquest. That show is now streaming on HBO Max in the U.S. if you want to catch up. That's MK PodQuest all over the internet. And thank you all once again for listening to this episode of this podcast. And they made another one. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast.gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and your favorite Scooby-Doo movie song. Our fantastic new art is done by Jade Dickinson, who you can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all that out of the way, We'll catch you here next time for more. They made another Sailing one. Bless my soul. Thank you, Scooby Doo.